Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. It's Robin McMahon. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. Okay, it's time. It's time we had the talk. The talk. Yikes. I remember never really getting the talk as parent, as, as, as a child, except for maybe one little piece of information that just made me more confused, I'll be honest. And I am so happy to have Amy Lang here. So Amy Lang is an MA and she has... She is a sexual health educator, and she's been doing this for over 25 years. So that is impressive in and of itself. And she said that she was just, she was really surprised by her own discomfort with just the idea of talking to her son about his body. uh, And she knew she needed help. Amy did a bunch of research and learned how to talk to kids about their bodies and sexuality and realized that she could help other parents with this important part of parenting. So in 2006, she started Birds and Bees and Kids. And with her lively and engaging and down-to-earth style, she helps parents become comfortable and confident talking with their kids. I love this. Welcome, Amy. It's so it's so great to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah. And if anybody uh, who listens to my podcast knows, I'm super awkward about these kind of conversations, but I know they have to be had. And, you know, like I said, I never really had the talk from my parents, certainly not my dad, like not at all. It was like avoided like the plague. And my mom sort of said a couple of things. She's like, I'll buy you a book. That was, that was the extent of it. But it is so important that we talk about it, especially in today's day and age, because our kids have access to pornography. They see things that we didn't have access to. And we need to talk about things like consent. And so I'm going to read something from your handout that we actually have in the parent toolbox. So I want to sound super smart knowing all this stuff, but actually you're the one that's giving us this information. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read what you say here. 
talking about sex and sexuality is the missing link to prevent a whole bunch of problems later in life. Low self-esteem, depression, guilt, body image problems, increased risk of sexual abuse, following the pack and looking for love in all the wrong places are just a few of the long-term problems. So let's kind of dive in and talk about this. What, okay, okay, first of all, you really advocate that this be a conversation that parents drive the bus on and not just sort of let school take care of it, right? Right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if I can expand on the missing link piece, you know, we are really hyper-focused, which is good. This is really good, you know, on kids, you know, their intellectual development, their social development, their physical development, um, you know, how they roll in the world, their friendships, like we want them to be, you know, even their spiritual development, like we really want them to be well-rounded humans, except the thing we never talk about, which is a huge part of being a human being, is their sexual development and providing them, you know, information that's going to prepare them for one of the biggest things we do in our lives. Like we're sexual from the beginning and it sexuality in early childhood looks different. You know, things change, you know, like your five-year-old's going to play doctor and your 15-year-old's going to play a doctor, right? So not doctor, they're going to do other things. And so we're afraid of this. And it is really um, something that I believe our children have a human right to yeah. know about. Yeah. Like romance and sexuality are something we do all of our lives. And most of us struggle with it. And for our kids, there's always going to be a struggle and confusion, but we have the opportunity to do everything we can to help them feel as ready as they can for, you know, when sex is on the table, you know, as they're going through adolescence, as they're, you know, exploring their gender and their sexual orientation and understanding, you know, what's a healthy relationship look like and what is consent and what does that mean? Um, you know, and then the things that are rough, right? Like, you know, like rape and sexual assault and sexual abuse and, you know, unhealthy, um, in unhealthy relationships. And we have to help them understand, you know, my belief is that if you know, it's healthy, it's easier to see what's not okay or safe. Right. So, um, you know, for me, I think that it is really time to take that on. And we know from all kinds of research and studies that we, as the parents and, and the primary caregivers, we have the most influence over our children's sexual decision-making, their sexual health, health, their sexual self-esteem, which sounds a little weird, um, <clears throat> than anybody else. And the time we are the absolute most influential is from, you know, baby dumb until they get towards like 10, 11, 12, like really like high school, right? Like really 13. And then peers start to take over. Um, we're always influential. So there's this great period of time where we can just be in there with our values and fact and evidence-based information and get them really full up with that. And so then when they're, when it's on the table, like, romance crushing, like serious crushing, um, then they're more ready for it. And mm -hmm. honestly, right. There is no way <laughs> to really prepare anyone for that, but yeah. we can do the best we can. I mean, I think we have an obligation to our kids to help. Well, them with and, and the thing I, I completely agree with you. I love what you're saying. You, you also say the message is that sex is important, but talk about it right and that yeah. is very true and so what does that do it leads kids to 
find the answers in all the wrong places, like through pornography, which is not real sex, like their friends who maybe got their information from pornography or Mm -hmm. wherever. I mean, and I, I don't want to just say porn, but at, but that's really so prevalent you yeah. know, um, Kristen Jessen, who I've had on the show twice and, uh, you know, she talks about it, obviously talks about having a phone is a portal yeah. to pornography. And, yeah. you know, we have to just recognize that, that the age is around seven. It used to be 11. Now it's seven. So kids are going to see it. So you're absolutely right. We have to talk about it because if we don't, you know, then they're going to come up with the wrong idea. And that is not good. Right, And you know, with porn, they are going to see it. Nobody makes it out at Nobody makes it to 18 without seeing it. I don't care how careful you are in your own family and your kids are under your own watch. Other families, their kids have phones and watches and all kinds of devices and are gaming and they have back channel with folks who can be predators and families don't know this and don't know to talk about it. But one of the things that is protective is having open communication about healthy sexuality from the time they're really young. So they have a, um, they have a good solid idea about healthy sexuality. So when they see it, they're able to say mostly, (laughs) right? You know, adolescent brains, um, they are able to say, okay, that's not for kids. That's not real sex. And most people, most kids, when they see it, especially the younger they are, they're like, okay, that is really gross. I don't know what I just saw. I don't want to look at that anymore. They have an intuitive, like ick factor. Some kids do not. Some kids do not. They see that they get engaged with it. They feel sexually stimulated by it. Um, sometimes, you know, this is gross analogy, but like, they think it kind of might be like, like picking a scab. So it feels good, feels bad, feels good, feels bad. Mm. And they can become compulsive users. And, you know, this is, this is obviously not okay, but if we are like waiting for, if you're waiting for your kid to ask you questions about sex, it is not their job absolutely not their job. You didn't hang around and wait for your child to say, Hey, you know, I was just wondering what makes a healthy meal. (laughs) Nobody hangs around. No kid asks that. It's like, you know, I'm just wondering about my friendship here. Is this a healthy, is this what this should look like? They don't do that. Like we're right in there, right? We're right in there helping with them with those things. But with this thing, you know, our culture has just, it's just back ass words about it. Um, like you said, like people think, okay, school is the time school's going to handle it. And yeah, sure. I, I am a fan of almost, this is a little weird, like any sexuality education in school, you should not opt your kids out, even if it's terrible and like abstinence only, um, sexuality education is the worst. If you look at States that that's what they have or none, they have the highest teen pregnancy, HIV, STI rates. There's a direct correlation. And the reason, like, even if your values, like you think that comprehensive sexuality education, this is not true where they're teaching kindergarten kindergartners about BDSM. They are not, they are not. They're teaching them about bodies and consent and different kinds of families. And they make their way up to that. And that is high schooly and kids are going to ask about that, right? Because porn. Um, And so 
no matter what you have the most power and influence over them. So they're taking these, they're in these classes and then you're like, Hey, what went down? And they say, I learned about this. And then you pop in with your values about it. Yeah. They can't teach. Well, the abstinence only thing they do teach values that are all shame-based and that can really mess you up. It can mess you up Mm -hmm. so bad. Like, like you're (laughs) saying, like, I, I get it. It was sort of a shameful topic. Like we don't talk about that. And that was like my parents deal. That was their, um, their issues putting on me. Absolutely. That wasn't fair. Right. 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 And so one of my biggest, um, like tips is for you to help you kind of get rid of that crap. Um, is to have like if you're journal or have a conversation with someone you're parenting with or a really good friend and talk about how you learned, where you got for your information, what sense you made of that, like with your family, like what were the values you were taught? You know, you, you know, it sounds like you were taught this is shameful. We don't talk about it. It is secret. It is hidden. Also, P.S. Don't do it. Right. That's right. Not- but, 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 but as a, but as a, a teenager, the drive is unmistakable. And that's what we also have to recognize. Right. Like, oh, you just, right. so you sort of use it, it, it for and against your teenager, like, oh, it's just hormones and, oh, it's just, hor-, you know, like, well, it is, them away. It is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it also is. development. It's also, you know, lots yeah. of stuff going on, but you can't, you can't have it both ways. Right. No. So, no. so this, 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 pra- this thing to do, I'm a super fan of baby of little homework. So this is little homework, have that conversation. Cause what happens is it clears the decks. It helps you think, Oh, what do I want for my child? Which is the next thing. Like, what are your hopes for your child? And then gives you some space to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this differently? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I need to do? You know, I need to suck it up. And yourself. Yep. Yes. I mean this lovingly get over yourself. Um, you need to get over yourself Myself, when I say that too, like I had to get over myself, right? Yeah. I I had to get over myself. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get over myself. I have the same crap. You know, my parents gave me books and no conversations. And apparently at some point when my, my brother was 16, dad, he said, I'm shaving. And my dad, our dad comes downstairs and he says, so you got any questions about sex? You need any questions about that? And my brother's like, that ship has sailed. Um, yeah. 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 And no conversations with me. So what I learned was we don't talk about this. It's not okay or safe to talk about. Um, you know, here's the technical information, make good decisions, never out of anyone's mouth anyone's mouth. And fortunately, my two best friends' parents were much more um, open and had much better advice. So I got good advice from them because they had good sexuality education. And so, you know, as a, if you embrace this and take it on, your kids' friends will see you as a safe and trustworthy adult, which is a huge, huge place of honor, right? To have another child say, Hey, like I'm thinking about, you know, doing it or my partner did this. I'm afraid, or this was great or anything where they're like checking with you. And they'll oftentimes check with a, a trustworthy adult before they'll talk to their parents. So you can lead them into that conversation. Um, 
So this piece of, we really have to take care of ourselves. And then, so do that little bit of homework. And then what are your hopes for your kids, right? Where do you want? I mean, I kind of like, for me, I was like, all right, when he is, my son is ready for a relationship, like a real relationship and ready for sex. What do I want in place for him? What do I want him to know? What do I hope, you know, he does. And there's a lot of this finger crossing, right? But Mm. that's just parenting. Yeah. Well, with everything. Absolutely. So, okay. So you, uh, you advocate for the talk to happen around what age? So first of all, it is not one talk. It is not a sit down, like, all right, here we go. We're going to read this book. Good luck. Any questions? All right. You can ask me, you can say that, but my child said he would rather talk to strangers than me or his dad. And he would never ask us any questions. Right. Right. So that was awesome for me, uh, you know, in my work, I was like, you are a horror show and you're doing this on purpose, aren't you? So, um, it's a series we of always have the hardest kids, <laughs> and of course. Right? Yeah. right. Come on. Um, why are you getting arrested in your 12? Um, doing all the things. Um, so starting really early, the first sex talk is using the correct, correct names for private body parts. Like they have, again, they have a right to know when kids know the correct names for their privates they are actually protected from, um, sexual abuse because those guys, usually folks look for kids who are clueless. So if you're having a big dinner with folks and your child announces like mama, my vulva itches, a, the whole table is going to go, <laughs> And then that person is going to say, okay, not going to mess with that kid. Talk, the parents are talking to them. Um, the act, the best age to spill the beans about the usual way babies are made is, you know, maybe people want to take a breath here. We can do that. Here we go. <sighs> is five. And okay. it's young, right? But think about five-year-olds think about five-year-old life what are five-year-olds like curious open right they don't know they don't Um, know something embarrassing shameful fabulous about sex and they're going to be curious and they're going to do things like i'll show you mine if you show me yours like they just will because they're like little scientists right so and let's Let's know that. So therefore jump in there yeah. before it happens so that you can speak of it in an appropriate way. Right, right. And then they go to school. They're hanging out with kids that are older than them. I had a um, I had a, a classmate of Milo's mom call me and she's like, okay. They were in second grade. I'm like, what's up? And she said, so last night after dinner, we're watching TV and Olivia stands in front of the television and announces, I know what sex is. They hadn't had any conversations. And she said, so we said, what, what? And she said, it's when you kiss with tongues. And they said, thanks for sharing. Um, Talk about this more. So the mom was like, help. And I was like, you got to just get on here. And this was a fourth grade girl, right? She knew, she didn't, she was not quite right. it's so, not quite right. Really? It's part of it. You can be part of it, right? Like the whole the whole shebang. Um, so just getting in the door sooner, you know, establishes you as the expert. It makes it a normal part of your family life. They come to expect it. They may not like it. We don't care. There's a whole lot of life kids that, you know, don't like. We kids don't like it, and that's fine. Um, and then, you know, 
they are safer. Again, they're safer. So my, my goal, and I think everybody's goal should be that your kid is the smartest kid on the playground. So when somebody says sex is with you, when you kiss with tongues, you, they are able to say, yeah, not so much ask your parent ideally, but you know, they might share accurate information and whatever you just roll with it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, people can get upset by that, but you know, what I often tell parents is if, if their kid spills the beans to another kid that, and it comes back to you that you are ready with a script. I love scripts. My whole my new book, sex talks with tweens is almost entirely scripts. And you just say, Hey, thanks so much for telling me. I'm really sorry. You know, we're really open in our family about this. We want to be the first people that talk with them because we'll share our values. We'll be accurate. We'll remind them not to, that it's not their job to tell other parents. And then that's something that should be part of your conversation anyway. And then you just let that other parent, they're going to do what they're going to do. Answer their questions, deep breathe and wait. And then well, get off the phone. This is great. And you really break it down in the handout that you have in our toolbox. So it's uh, parent-toolbox.com. You can go there and you can download this valuable resource and tell all your friends too, because they need it as well. Right. And we've got to make sure we talk about this. And, um, you know, it's funny that you said that little girl talked about kissing like that. I remember knowing for sure that's how babies were made and being really disappointed because I knew I would really like kissing. And so I was so worried about that. I was so worried about that. Right. I mean, how horrible is that? Yeah. Kissing sounds awesome, but I'm going to end up pregnant. So no, thank you. But what? Yeah. Yikes. So I got, I have two questions for you. Uh, so one is if we're going to be this, and I don't know if you want to use the word sex positive, I hear that like on the bachelor, I hear those sorts of uh, terms. If we want, like, so if we're going to say that we're that kind of family that we're comfortable with this and we, however you say it, how do you model that as parents, right? Like I have, I love my husband so much uh, and we've been together a really long time. Love him, still love to cuddle him and all the things, right? Uh, How do we model that for our kids? So how do we model like a healthy sex? Because like, I'm just now, now I'm getting all awkward again. Yeah, yeah, totally. So first of all, sex positive means that you see sexuality as a positive, important, healthy part of life. That's all that means. That's all that means. And yeah, people do things that, you know, I'm never going to be interested in. And as long as they are consenting in agreement, um, I think Dan Savage says, no, (laughs) does he say no children, animals or dead people, whatever. Right. Like you do you, right. Isn't that hilarious? Terrible. Right. Right? I don't care what you're doing as long as you're not hurting anybody in that way. So sorry, that's kind of crazy, but, um, but then in terms of your sexual relationship. So first of all, your kids do not want to know about your sex life. No. Right. And and that is clear to me. (laughs) Oh yeah. Nobody wants to know about their parents' sex life, but what you can do is demonstrate, um, healthy, uh, romantic relationship, right? So giving them compliments, talking to them when they come home, when they come home, like having a kiss and a hug, cuddling, talking about, you know, like, you know, I love it when your parent does this, or even, you can't, you can't really say like, oh my God, your dad just whatever. And I want to flick him in the forehead um, because married, 
right? Um, there's some that goes on, um, but just talking about it. And then the other piece too, is when you're watching a show or reading a story, or you hear something that someone's done, it's just to say, you know, like, Hey, when we were watching that, I loved this moment between them or, Hey, did you notice this thing happened? You know, I felt uncomfortable. That didn't seem very, like a very healthy relationship move. If that happens to you, please tell me Like you won't be in trouble. I want to make sure you feel good in your relationship. Um, we have endless opportunity for this. Okay. And then that brings me back to porn, right? Because porn does not show any of that. Porn starts in the middle. It's parts and holes. Um, nobody's body looks like that. People don't do those things. They don't make those noises. You know, depending on how old your kiddo is, you can say the industry is a horror show for most people. Um, and then, you know, whatever your values are about using it or viewing it. Um, you know, I'm, I know you agree with me, but people, young people should not use it. I don't think anybody whose brain isn't fully developed sh should use it because, you know, when your brain's fully developed, you can, you know, make sense of things. Like you and I look at it and we're like, okay, that's not for me, but we're not 15 looking at it and saying, oh my God, that's fascinating. What are they doing? Right. That, you know, you know. Well, and the reality is we're biologically programmed to mm -hmm. like it. And mm -hmm. so the, so, so here I am looking at it saying, oh, actually that is interesting. And I'm kind of like, like, like it yeah. and am aroused by it let me just use adult words yeah. and, uh, and then, but it's bad. So, whoa, that's a total. Yeah. Mind. It was not healthy. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's not healthy. That should be the message. Like if you say it's bad and right. then kids using it, they're going to feel all that shame and stuff. And, you know, there is no, nothing's perfect. Right. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, well, like I keep forgetting the stat, like 60, 70% of boys between the age of 13 and whatever, 18 use it pretty consistently mm -hmm. about 50, some 4% of girls use it. Um, and again, it's not rabbit hold. They're not, um, ad addicted or compulsive. They use it now and again, or, um, and you know, the other problem with that is that if they use it a lot, then that's what stimulates them. And so when they're in a real physical relationship with someone, it might be harder for them to feel sexually excited or sexually stimulated because it's, they've got that in their head. Yeah. Right. And there are really young guys who have erectile dysfunction because they do that that's so right. much. Um, you yeah. know, and that's something to tell your person with the penis. It's like, Hey, if you use this too much, it can wreck their, your like typical healthy, natural, um, right. Sexuality. Yeah. It can be confusing. Um, so for young kids, what I say is, you know, like you can see videos like eight and under, you can see videos of naked people. Um, if they know what sex is like having sex, you know, this is not okay or safe for kids to see. It can be very confusing um, and scary. And, you know, it's adult stuff like coffee and alcohol. So the rule is, and this, the rule is thing is really important that you stop looking, let me know you won't be in trouble. Okay. And what about when you see 
nudity on TV shows, right? So everybody in my house has access to Netflix. My kids are teenagers. And right. so a show like The Boys or, mm-hmm. um, yes, for the only one that comes to mind right now. So there's yeah. nudity in there. There is violence in there. And so, you know, what do you say for the age, I guess? Um, uh, yeah. What do you say about that? When should kids be okay to see that stuff? You know, I would say 14-ish, you know, your kids, maturity level, that kind of thing. And then conversations need to be had, right? Like you can say, this is a lot. I'm kind of uncomfortable, but what do you think about this? And, you know, and, um, and watching it with them, if they can stand it, you know, again, that sort of, Hey, that was wackadoodle. Um, And then helping them, like, again, if they have lots of information about consent and healthy relationship and different sexual orientations and genders, if they're already well sex educated and everybody needs to know the basics of everything, I mean, everything by the time they're 12 and then your values. So when they see something like that, they're better able to make sense of it and manage it and manage it. Um, And yeah, go ahead. Well, okay. So, so I think that answers my question, right? Um, I mean, obviously you're going to, you know, see that you may be aroused by it, but it's not pornography. So it's not the worst thing, but, you know, make sure you kind of have those conversations. Like Mm -hmm. I know my 17 year old watched the boys. So, um, so I know that he's watching it and I know what he's seeing because I've watched the show too. So, um, so having those conversations are important. And, and I want to go back to something you said earlier too, that, um, you know, having your, you know, if you are the one that speaks so openly about it to your own kids, then your child is the one who's kind of the go-to. And and it, there's a real life experience that I've just had with a friend of mine whose daughter is uh, 19 and her best friend is like, is that what a period is? So, I mean, oh. they didn't talk about it. It's a cultural thing too. And they just didn't talk about it. And she is in college away in another part of the world and didn't know. Right. Oh, so, yeah. Right. So there's a big myth, but um, so, so I just, I just wanted to say like, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, if that doesn't help you to come around to have this talk, then you need to. Now, the other thing that I want to ask you before we, close up here. And I just want to, I just want to say too, that, you know, for this conversation to happen, you've got to check out this handout, but also, uh, Amy, you have a podcast called just say this, and you have a book called sex talks with tweens, what to say and how to say it. And like you said, that's a bunch of scripts. So it is just, you know, you've got tons of resources and I follow you on Instagram. And so like, make sure you follow her on birds and bees and kids my last question for you is how do you navigate the conversation if your child is gay and you don't know what gay sex is? Mm-hmm. You don't know. You just don't know. And I, how yeah. do I explain something that I don't know? So you need to do some research. There's lots of help and support out there. Scarlet teen dot. Oh boy. Com. Yeah. Yeah. Scarlet teen.com is an excellent resource. For teenagers and young adults, you can Google anything and they will have the answer to that. It sorry, my nose, my nose is itching. Um, you can Google anything. So you can say how to how do gay people have sex? And then you'll get the information there. And it's just like everybody else has sex, rubbing, touching, mutual masturbation, two penises, they're gonna have anal sex, but penis vagina people have anal sex, so oral sex. So talking about that. 
You do not need to be the Kama Sutra for your children. Um, copying to it and saying, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm learning. You know, if your child comes out to you, either with their orientation or gender, your job is to be 100% supportive. Even if you're pretending because LGBTQ kids have their suicide rate is four times higher than the general population. Nobody wants that. And the one thing at all, but the one thing that keeps them on par with the general population is parental support and caregiver support. And it's pretty interesting because just a tiny ratchet down of support, suicide rates still say it stays high. Yeah. Um, and nobody wants that. And, you know, PFLAG is an excellent resource. Um, and then, you know, saying to your kid, kiddo, what can I do to help you? What do you need from me? You know, who else are you out to? How do you want to manage this within our family unit? Um, oftentimes there's a parent who is not down with it. And the child will say, please don't tell that parent. And you respect that. Um, most folks come around, sometimes it can take a year or two, um, but really being open about that. And right now we're seeing an, an expansion of exploration of gender and sexual and sexual orientation. And one of my colleagues, Joe Langford, who's also a sexuality educator and a therapist, he says that our job is to hold it lightly, be supportive, hold it lightly, wait, everybody settles into who they are you know, later teens, twenties. Um, and so our job is to be educated and supportive. So there's lots and lots of resources for that. Yeah. Um, and so I just I would like that. to say um, just a couple things about my book and the, and the podcast, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. So the podcast is all Q and a, so people call and leave me a voicemail or write me an email and I answer the question and it's hodgepodge. It could be a three-year-old who's got their hand down the pants. It could be a 15-year-old who's just said, hey, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. It can be a, you know, a 12-year-old who's porn exposed. It's a whole gamut of things. It could be, you know, how do I, my child is 15. I've never talked about their period. What do I do with this? Right. Um, so I love advice columns. So <laughs> that's, that's that. Great. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And then the book, it, yeah, it's sex talks, it's sex talks with tween for with tweens, but um, it's about I don't know ten percent like tips for parents to how to have the conversations and some other stuff like that. But the rest of it is literally scripts. So how do you talk about porn? How do you talk about tampons? How do you talk about you know spontaneous erections? Um, and parents can just. I, you know, honestly, they can say, I don't know what to say here. I'm going to read this. That's great. Right? Memorize it, tweak it. I don't like it's sex positive And, you know, my values are in there a little bit, but that's not my job. Right. I don't know your values. You know, your values, you might not know your values. Um, <laughs> but something again, it kind of circle back to the top. Like that's one of the best things you can do for yourself is get clear about your values, talk about your experience, and then really what are your hopes for your kids? Like, Cause that's going to be the eye on the prize thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this is incredible. All of the resources you have and the overarching message is that it is our responsibility as parents. Don't leave it to chance don't leave it to the internet and don't just leave it to school because there could be big gaps in information and and as we grow our kids up this is part of their development so let's not just worry about academics let's also talk about a really powerful drive yes that we have and not make it bad and evil 
and wrong because that's what your kids will feel. And that leads them to doing things that could be potentially very harmful for themselves and cause them a lot of pain. So we do not want that. And I want to thank you for the work that you're doing because this I've learned something from you here today. And this is something I do talk about, you know, and we have had lots of episodes on, you know, LGBTQ teens and, you know, what it's like. I love the hold it lightly. I love that because you're absolutely right. What they say today when they're 16 could be very different in -hmm. reality when they're in their twenties. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really important. So everything that you've said is so, so good. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your work. Again, it's birds and bees and kids, Amy Lang. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for trusting me with your people. I'm just really honored. Oh, of course. And you've got this. It can be fun and funny. So oh, yeah, yeah. get on it. <laughs> and then thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.